Your favorite TV comedies likely owe a lot to Larry Wilmore as the creator or guiding force behind some of the most popular and most impactful sitcoms and comedy shows over the last 30 years. Starting in the 1990s as a writer on hit shows like In Living Color and The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air to creating and executive producing The Bernie Mac Show, which earned him an Emmy for writing. From there, consulting on The Office before executive producing Blackish. In 2015, Wilmore hosted his own late-night talk show, The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore, which ran for two seasons on Comedy Central. Now he's tapping into his experience in Late Night for a primetime comedy that ABC recently announced. I spoke with Larry Wilmore earlier about how his work has challenged traditional notions of politics, race, and comedy, in the process helping to shape the broader cultural conversation. It's part of our arts and culture series, Canvas. It's great to speak with you. Hey, great to speak to you, too. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's start at the beginning, because before you were a writer and producer, you were a stand-up comic. What drew you to it? Stand-up comedy offered the opportunity to create something because you have to write an act, right? And even though it's scary at first, it was one of the best decisions I ever made because you find out kind of who you are. You have to make strangers laugh all the time, many times they're drunk. And it was really just diving head first into that to really try to get kind of control of my career to a certain point in that time. Wilmore credits as his comedy influences Johnny Carson, Richard Pryor, Steve Martin, Monty Python, and Flip Wilson. Come on now, don't, don't, don't touch me. It was so funny to me. Touch me, Rob. You don't know me that well. <laughs> and I just wanted to be him, you know? And I used to make my parents laugh. I would do Geraldine and I'll do impressions. You know, you better watch it, fool. You know, doing stuff like that. Ultimately, though, you abandoned the uh, stand-up comic route because you felt like you couldn't find a lane for yourself. Tell me more about that. That's true, Jeff. So what happened was I did a lot of... You know, my, you might call uh, a hodgepodge kind of stand-up act. I did political humor, I did impressions, I did social commentary, I did things like that. And at that time, I felt Hollywood was only interested in one type of black comedian. And Robert Townsend kind of lampooned that in Hollywood Shuffle, where mm -hmm. he said, we need somebody more urban. <laughs> they would use those kind of terms, you know, kind of somebody murphonic, like Eddie Murphy, <laughs> that type of thing. Murphonic. Bizarre, you know. <laughs> Very, yeah, and I felt like, I felt like if I needed... If I wanted to have a space in Hollywood, I would have to create that space for myself. I was very influenced by what Spike Lee had done in film at the time, what Keenan Ivory Wayans had done, you know, with The Living Color and that kind of stuff. And so I thought, if I start writing and producing, I can maybe create a space for my type of voice. And so, so that's what I, I did at that time. Yo, 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 all you bad bargain hunters out there, welcome to the Homeboy Shopping Network. You mentioned In Living Color, you were a writer on that show. It was really a seminal moment in culture. It launched the careers of people like Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx, David Allen Greer, the Wayans brothers. What was that experience like? The amount of talent that went through was really kind of surreal because in those days, if you worked on a living color, people went crazy. Like they'd say, so what do you do? I go, oh, I'm a, I write for television. Oh, really? And they didn't seem that impressed. I'd go, well, what shows do you write for? Uh, I write for a living color. A living color, oh my God. Like people, the energy they had for that show, it was so interesting. And I think because we were pushing boundaries at that time that weren't, hadn't really been pushed before, especially in race and culture. And people were so excited to see that on their television. So. I'll forever be grateful for that experience. What was it about the 90s? Because I'm convinced that the 90s were sort of this high high point in cultural creation. 
but black cultural creation in particular, from TV to fashion to music to movies, just across the board. What was it about that time? I think a lot of black culture was finding its voice during that time after not having a voice for a long time. Uh, because many, like, if you talk about black shows on television, many of them were created and run by white people, you know, and those were good shows, but they just had a different voice to them, a different gaze, as I like to call it. And when more black creators had an opportunity to create things, so much creativity just poured out. And I think the audiences were grateful to see all these different voices on TV, you know, with all these things that that they had to offer. So a lot of it, I think, Jeff, was the energy that was coming out of that. Mm. You know, it was kind of a joyous energy of, hey, we get to be, we get to be on this show now, you know. Yeah. I do want to thank Larry Wilmore for teaching me uh, to write television as well as he did. I know that's right. Larry Wilmore has inspired and mentored the next generation of comedians and creators, including Quinta Brunson, star and creator of the hit award-winning sitcom Abbott Elementary on ABC. I had Quinta on the nightly show back in the day, back in 2015, you know, and uh, I immediately said, oh, wow, she's, 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 got, she's got a toolbox. I saw in Quinta just this ability to keep expanding what her skill set is, you know, and to do it at such a high level, because she started off making, like, little videos, I think, from Facebook and that kind of stuff, and was at BuzzFeed, and she kept increasing, like, her skill set of what she does, and she does it so fast. I mean, she is, like... She's a she is like at the top of her game as a showrunner, creator, and actor. That's crazy, Jeff, when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. In that short amount of time, and she's crushing it too. So I'm so proud of her. I was so surprised when she called me out. I'm like, what? That I started like tears are rolling down. No, no, no. It was a, it was a very cool moment. What the hell? What are you doing here? I don't know. It's your fantasy. I've always been your what if guy. <laughs> what are you doing? And he's worked with Issa Rae, co-creating her breakout show, Insecure, for HBO. What about Issa Rae in the early days signaled success to you? There was nothing in premium cable quite like that at that time. You know, a show from a black woman's point of view that was a little different. She was kind of the underdog. And Issa had a very interesting quality where you, you really wanted to be her friend. You know, she was kind of like that girl next door type of thing. Um, very empathetic, you know. There's... She has all these kind of, I call them quiet qualities, but they're very interesting. You, you can't take your eyes off of her. There's something going on. Um, and she's so nice and she's so funny and really so smart. You know, I saw so much potential in her at that time. So it was a joy uh, figuring that show out. You seem to be really intentional about mentoring younger artists. Yeah. Um, I enjoy it a lot. I think I come from a family of teachers all around in my family. And... Uh, you know, it kind of frees you up to take the attention off of yourself, you know. And I learn a lot from mentoring, too. It's, it's honestly not just a one-way street, but it is important for me, and I think it's because of the time I came up in. If I can help somebody to get through that door also, then I like doing it. I always used to joke, I said, if I get my foot in the door, I'm just going to keep that door open and say, come on, everybody, come on through. <laughs> get as many people in as you can. So it's kind of that philosophy, too. Yeah. Larry Wilmore, it's a real privilege to speak with you. Thanks for your time. The pleasure is all mine. Stick around for the whole hour, you guys. It's PBS News Hour, not half hour, okay? <laughs> we'll be hard-pressed to find a better seal of approval than that one. The whole hour. <laughs> you need to watch the whole hour. What a great interview. Well, thank you. And that